2: Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet, with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. From Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. Now, here's your host, Rev. Anna Schaus.
0: Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery, My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. And I want to thank you all for listening with us today. We're glad that you're joined us, glad that you're listening. And also, I want to thank you for liking us on the Spirit of Recovery page on Facebook. Thank you for posting there. Thank you for sharing also about the Spirit of Recovery with your friends and the people in your Unity community and your other spiritual communities, um, your recovery communities. Grateful that you're letting people know about us here on Spirit of Recovery. I love broadcasting on the the topic of recovery and spirituality, it's a real uh, joy to me and uh, a blessing, and I'm very grateful for that. Thank you so much also for letting me know uh, via your email and, again, on the posts on the Spirit of Recovery page that what we're doing here is making a difference in your life and in your recovery and that the guests that we bring you here are touching your heart and opening your mind. And every week we do talk about topics that are important to the recovery community. Our guests are always people who are down to earth, who are knowledgeable and innovative. They're either people who are in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people, sometimes all the above. And uh, the guests are always bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. You know that you can listen To Spirit of Recovery on unityonlineradio.org in a variety of ways. You can listen live. You can listen uh, through your computer. You can listen via your smart devices. Uh, You can also listen um, through the archives on demand. We've got lots of great programs. You can go to unityonlineradio.org slash program slash Spirit of Recovery and access those archives. The Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place if you're a person in recovery from any kind of an addiction or if you are the family member or the friend of someone that has the disease of addiction. Maybe uh, you're in your own recovery as a family member, maybe not. Maybe uh, your friend or your loved one is in recovery, maybe not. Whatever, we're glad you're here, glad you're listening, glad you're uh, benefiting from what we're doing here on Spirit of Recovery. Perhaps you're just curious about the process of recovery, looking for more information. Again, we're very glad you're listening. You're welcome to participate uh, with us here by uh, emailing or calling in a comment or question for our guest. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity minister and an addictions counselor. I'm also a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people that have the disease of addiction. And uh, over 30 years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and spiritual development. And ever since then, my walk has been an integration of the unity principles and the recovery principles. And that walk keeps uh, richly transforming my life and keeps me growing in ever deeper ways. So again, I'm very grateful, uh, very delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you and also to hear what's happening for you in your spirituality and recovery walk. Today, we're talking about the topic of deeply fed, opening to the presence. You know, when we get into recovery, it's always a spiritual experience. We are really called to find a deep source of spiritual food, and that's what it means to let go of a a compulsive or an addictive uh, behavior or the disease of addiction, however you want to put it, That, of course, when we let go of that uh, false way of trying to fill ourselves up and fill up that sometimes that gaping hole that we experience inside of ourselves, uh, we, we naturally are going to be looking for the true source. And that source is spirituality. And again, we can interpret that in many ways. We have lots of ways as individuals of defining that, what's our higher power. Um, but one way or the other, it is that power that is within us, that's around us, that's greater than our individuality and somehow something that's good and true and wonderful that we're all a part of. So that's really what the process of recovery is about. And when we strengthen that relationship with source, we feel a lot of love and comfort and wisdom in our lives. We feel a lot of reassurance. And also we get just a lot of practical guidance and practical help to live our lives on a daily basis. And uh, there's somebody that knows all that really, really well, and that's my guest today, who's Alan Lyles. Um, Alan has written the book called Sitting with God, um, which is uh, meditating for God's divine guidance. It's called A Year of Spiritual Growth. And Alan, uh, finished that book last year about, uh, in the fall. And he was my guest at that time. He, uh, came on and talked to us a bit at that time about, uh, about the book. And he's going to share some more with us today. Um, Alan is a graduate of Baylor University. He's also a graduate of the Unity School of Religious Studies um, at Unity Village, Missouri. He's a Unity minister. He was ordained in 1993. He uh, has served ministries in Minnesota and Arizona. He also served uh, at Unity Village for six years as the Senior Director of Outreach, Books, and Multimedia. Uh, Before he got into ministry, he was the Vice President of Public Relations for 7-Eleven Stores. Alan um, is also the author of the pamphlet, Unity and the Twelve Steps, and the CD, uh, Road Rage. And again, of course, uh, this new book, Sitting with God, Meditating for God's Divine Guidance. And Alan has also uh, been practicing these Twelve Steps himself for over uh, 23 years as a participant, as a family member in the Twelve Step Program. So, Alan, welcome to Spirit of Recovery. I'm glad to have you back.
3: Well, thank you, Anna. I'm glad to be here.
0: You know, Alan, I, uh, I asked you back because s- since the fall, I have been reading your book on a daily basis, and sometimes I just sit and just read it. It's written as a daily reader, but sometimes I'll just sit and just read it, you know, not um, just at one fell swoop, some different pages. And I have been so uh, moved and so touched by, th- I think, the the sense of deep personal relationship that you have, uh, with your higher power and how you're able to convey that in a way, uh, that's not, uh, just personal, but that really extends that sense of, uh, personal relationship, uh, to other people, that sense that the higher power God, uh, whatever, you know, we might call it is really there for everybody, um, How did you do that? How did you uh, come to that deep sense of such a personal and close relationship? And I know for you, it's God calling, calling your higher power, God.
3: Well, it is God, and I, you know, really try to practice the uh, eleventh step every day. And we know what that is: sought through prayer and meditation, improve our conscious contact with. God as we understood God, praying only for knowledge of God's will for us and the power to carry that out. And for me, meditation has been the secret. It's been the connection, uh, the thing that brings me closer together with God. And to answer your question uh, specifically about how it all happened, uh, I really start with prayer, but then I mainly listen. And if I have a question that's on my heart or something that is concerning me, I'll bring that into the silence. And uh, again, my silence it usually takes place mostly in the early morning. It usually lasts around an hour and a half. So part of the uh, reason that I think that it has gone so deep is that I did commit the time and dedicate the time to sitting in the silence. Uh, I, I believe a meditation of 60 seconds can be very good sometime, but for me, devoting the time to it, taking the time to... Just become quiet and mainly listen. It just seemed like it, it deepened the relationship much more.
0: Mm-hmm. Now I know that, as you said it specifically in in writing this book, you did make that commitment for a year to do that sitting, and um, and and from that came the book. And we'll talk some more about that uh, uh, a little bit later on. And what I want to ask you now is. What was your meditation practice like before you made this commitment to to this, which resulted in the book? And obviously, I know you've been engaged in your spiritual growth for a very long time. Could you tell us how how it used to be? Did did you use, when did you start meditating? When did you start praying? What uh, how's it changed over time?
3: Probably about twenty five years ago, I began to meditate to some degree, and then of course the unity. Uh, church service generally includes a meditation, so in preparing for that, I had the experience of getting a meditation together, but I think why it deepened uh, a year and a half ago was the, uh, that I had been involved in a number of challenges. I think I mentioned maybe the last time that I was on that my wife had been in the hospital for a total of 41 days, and she had a pretty severe challenge that I thought maybe she might not make it. And so I needed the additional help, the additional guidance, the strength, and the courage to get through that particular challenge. And so it began to, uh, as I said, deepen by just the amount of time that I spent. Before this, I did not meditate every day. And mm-hmm. when all of these things happened, I made the commitment that I was going to be there every day. And by the way, I still am. Every morning, an hour to an hour and a half is devoted to uh, meditation, and it has truly made a difference in my life and my recovery and everything.
0: What are some of the ways that it has um, changed your life? Do you feel like you're you have a different sense of yourself or what's what's changed since you've been making and keeping this commitment now? To the daily well, practice. so many
3: things have changed. I think one is that uh, I used to be probably a lot more hyperactive, a lot more running here and running there. And now I'm, I think what I've discovered is there's just just more serenity, just more calmness. And before I really do anything uh, to, be- to get my day going, I'll take the time to spend a certain amount of time in the silence and listen to God, pray with God. So becoming more calm definitely has been one advantage of of the meditation. But I think probably the main thing is the guidance that I do feel. And I I can bring a question, I can bring a concern, I can bring a, a decision that might need to be made. And I know that the Christ Spirit that's within me will give me the a vantage point uh, that perhaps I may not have, have thought of before or had before. And, you know, I think, at least in my generation, the way I was raised is to take responsibility and do everything by myself or do everything on my own and not go to other people uh, necessarily for help. And having the great resource of God, my higher power, has just given me more serenity and 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 guidance in anything that I face.
0: Mm -hmm. How do you hear the guidance? I mean, again, people here, you know, experience this in different ways. Do you say, I'm going to make a little silly thing here, but do you say, God, should I go buy a lottery ticket? And then in the silence, you hear God say, Yes, go down to the corner store here and buy. Or how do you, could you give us an idea of what types of questions you would ask and how you hear the answer?
3: Well, first of all, the guidance primarily for me, I would say 95% of the time, comes as a still, small voice within me. Now, there have been other times that something may happen during the day that I'll feel the guidance around me or where I don't even have to ask a question. But in general, it can be maybe even a more general question than specifically, should I buy a lottery ticket? It could be just... And uh, generally, I get no on that. By the way, but <laughs> there could be there could be just um, a general asking of by again beginning about praying for knowledge of God's will for me and and the power to carry that out. But some of the answers come in a general way, in a general question to a general question. So it can be, you know, several different ways. And yes, I've I've had intuition that. Uh, I'll feel at a particular time about something that may be on my mind that's not a still small voice. But when I'm in the silence, I don't really have uh, a difficult time in hearing that. And I know a lot of people are concerned when they meditate that they want to do it perfectly and they want to have a good result. And I, I would just say that it could come any way. It could come as a still small voice. It could come as a feeling. Or it may not come at all. And you have to be prepared for for that to happen too. But generally, it is more in the form of just a, a small voice within that I can tune into and and receive the guidance and the, the support, the comfort that I might need at any given time.
0: Hmm. Um. Do you? Have a particular technique that you use to help you uh, move into the silence, or what? If you'd be willing to share with us, how do you? You said you pray first, and if you share, if you again share with us how what your method is, if if you have one or not.
3: Well, I, the one I've developed now is uh, since the book has has been published, I have started tweeting every morning uh, a. Portion of the book, a couple of sentences. You, you don't have much that you can do in 144 characters. But I do tweet something every day, and I am on Twitter. Uh, then I read the entire uh, page, the entire reading for that day, and then I will usually try to uh, look into the Bible and try to find uh, just a reading from either the Old Testament or the New Testament. And I will read. Uh, in fact, lately I've been reading the Psalms again. And so I keep a journal every day, so I put down the tweet, and then also I journal the verses that I've read in, in the Bible and the Psalms or wherever I am that day. And then after that, I will just sit in the silence for several minutes, and then I will pray the prayer of, of wanting God's God's will for me and the knowledge and being able to carry that out. And then I'll sit and listen. And what I do every day is that when I do get the direction or do feel that the still, small voice is uh, providing some guidance, I will write it in my journal. So that's basically how the book took shape, was that started happening. And since I've been journaling since 1985, it wasn't any problem to write down what I was hearing. And I'd like to say also, Hannah, that, Anybody, I believe, can do this. I don't think I have any special pipeline to God or anything like that. I think if, if uh, anyone is open and receptive to sitting in the silence and to becoming calm and, and centered, that eventually something will uh, take place that will let you know that God is there. And I do believe that, that God is always with us at all times. And it is this connection through meditation, I believe that God really wants to help guide us and, and to provide the courage and the, the wisdom and whatever we may need in our lives. It's there uh, for, our, for our taking to our advantage if we just become open and receptive to receiving it.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, um, that I'm going to ask you a little bit about, about the Twitter. So if people want to yet participate kind of in a way with you, they can find you? How would they? Yes, it's
3: uh, Alan C. Lyles, at Alan Uh C. Lyles, L-I-L-E-S. Okay, great. And
0: obviously you're on Facebook as well. I'm on Uh, Facebook
3: also, sure, absolutely. Uh, But Twitter's the only one that I usually will take a couple of sentences from the book for that day.
4: Uh
3: Uh, For example, the reading today is Wonders Unfolding, And I'll just tell you briefly what the the tweet was today. My wonders unfold around you. Blessings multiply as we speak. Go forward now and meet your good. And those sentences are in the first paragraph of the reading for today.
0: Great. So when you're making that connection with people on Twitter, do you feel like that uh, enhances your prayer time
3: in a sense or not? Yes, I do. And also I think that one thing that I have heard uh, in my meditations is that each one of us each one of us is very important in providing uh, helpful helpfulness guidance uh, you know there are many teachers around us there are many people who bring things into our lives that improve our lives and, and enlighten us and okay. the way I feel about it that if I can provide a few words that may help and comfort and offer a you know sustenance to people i want to do that and that's what i've heard in, in the in the meditations and in the silence is each one of us has a spiritual job to do and maybe right now that's mine
0: great Thank you. It's time for our first break. Listeners, stay with us. We'll be right back. We're talking about Deeply Fed, opening to the presence. My guest is Alan Lyles, the author of Sitting with God, Meditating for God's Divine Guidance. We'll be right back.
4: Imagine The powerful, poignant poetry of Unity Poet Laureate, James Dillett Freeman. Beautifully put to music by award-winning songwriter, Kathy DeWitt. It's here, The Traveler, new music to the words of James Dillett Freeman. A remarkable collaboration across space and time. A wind from far away, out of forever, blows sometimes from I know not. Then I am as in a dream, a dream I never remember. Yet somehow I understand. Visit thetraveler.us to get the CD, songbook, and free downloads. Are you tired of life slamming the door in your face? Did you get another rejection letter, pink slip, foreclosure notice, or go on yet another bad date? Does it seem like the older you get, the more hopeless life seems? Are you ready to stop taking no as your final answer? Then join us for Design Your Life, a talk show by Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach. Go into the locker room for one full hour with the championship coach every week. And start designing your winning playbook that will make the rest of your life the best of your life. That's Design Your Life with Kevin Catrell Ross, The Coach's Coach, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
0: Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm glad that you're listening with us. Our topic today, if you're just joining us, is Deeply Fed, Opening to the Presence. My guest is Alan Lyles, who is a Unity minister. He's also a person um, that practices the 12 Steps as a family member. And he is the author of the book, Sitting with God, Meditating for God's Divine Guidance. And before I get back to my conversation with Alan, I would like to ask you to join me for a brief moment of meditation, our Serenity Minute. And I will use some of the constructive ideas that Alan tweeted this morning from March 25th, uh, reading in his book, Sitting with God. So I invite you to relax, to take a breath. To allow your mind and your heart to open, to share with me this constructive idea. My higher power's wonders unfold around me. Blessings multiply. The higher power's grace descends rapidly upon you. Go forward now and meet your good. God's wonders unfold around you. Go forward now and meet your good. We take just a moment in the quiet. me in the serenity minute, and I trust that it was an opportunity to open up your awareness to that loving presence that is your higher power, and to relax, and to hear that place of peace that lives in you. And now we're back to my conversation with my guest, Alan Lyles, talking about deeply fed, opening to the presence of our higher power. And we're also talking about, uh, through that, the ideas in Alan's book, Sitting with God, Meditating for God's Divine Guidance. And you can find Alan on Facebook, Alan Lyles, L-I-L-E-S. Um, you can find him on Twitter. You can find the book on Amazon and at Westbowpress.com So, Alan, before our break, we were uh, you were talking about the idea that um, uh, one Big concept you get in your meditations is that everybody's important and that there are a lot of uh, teachers around, you know, people that we can learn from. Uh, I think that's so important, you know, and uh, again, I guess every – you read history and you know that everybody uh, believes they're living in the most chaotic and intense time of history, Um and certainly I I feel that, you know, we're living in a big, uh, a very intense time where we have such uh, instant communication with people around the globe, and that's wonderful, and it also brings a lot of um, emotional intensity and uh, a lot of need for balance and for spiritual development to uh, act in ways that are very helpful in the world. So... Tell us some more about how you see that and how you see the importance of each person and the importance of spiritual growth.
3: First of all, we do live in an intense time, and there are things happening every day that vie for our attention. Some of them are not so good. And so with all of the uh, instant communication that we have around us, to me that's just another reason to set aside some time to... Be in the silence to calm ourselves and allow the higher power to provide whatever comfort we might need I do think everybody everyone is important I think God has a spiritual uh, something a spiritual job a spiritual assignment God has something for us to do that only we can do I really believe that mm-hmm. that there's a job out there with our name on it and when we allow ourselves to become open and receptive to sitting with God, at some point, I believe that will be revealed. It doesn't have to be something that's uh, eye-catching for the entire world. It could be something as simple as just offering encouragement to someone. I think there's a, really a uh, dearth of encouraging uh, comments around these days, People are so busy and they're so uh, tuned in to their own thing that sometimes we forget just to give others a helping hand and to let others know that they are important. It could be a big job that God may have for someone. And again, uh, as we saw in the Bible, when Moses was approached by God, uh, he deferred and and said, you know, he was too old, he couldn't do that, and yet God chose him to do it, so I think people need to feel that they have the ability and they have the talent and whatever is needed to accomplish uh, what God has in mind. I think once we do that, once we uh, become open to that, I think God provides everything that's needed to accomplish that goal or that objective. Whatever it may be, if it's time, if it's money, if it's resources of any kind, Whatever God wants you to do, God will provide uh, so that you can do it. Everyone is important no matter what their status is, no matter what their age is, no matter what their health is, no matter uh, what they may be doing at a particular time. If God uh, does say, I need you to do this and we're willing to do it, I think miracles can occur. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, Along with that, one of the the themes that I, I see in the daily readings at, at different times. it's not in all of them, but but is that concept of really making a distinction between maybe what the outer world would say uh, is uh, success in terms of status or amount of money or uh, that you're known you know, you're known in a big way around the world, that you make a distinction between that outer sort of status, Success and an inner spiritual success, how did you come to that? Understanding? I believe in the
3: people who have given who are given resources or money or fame or celebrity or whatever. I truly believe they have a bigger challenge than the average person because their uh, way of life, what they're dealing with, uh, whether it's money or fame or what it could be, whatever it is is so distracting. And I may have said this last time, too. Uh, I believe we live in an age of mass distraction. And
0: mm-hmm. These
3: weapons of mass distraction are all around us. But when someone is uh, gifted or provided with maybe more resources than the average person, sometimes those that wealth or sometimes that fame or whatever it may be uh, detracts them uh, for, it keeps them from being able to listen to God and determine what God wants them to do. The ego is a powerful, uh, powerful adversary to the inner life, and what you can see on the outer does uh, not rival what is on, maybe on the inner. And there are many, many people around, and uh, you might regard them as well. You know, they're just uh, they're not too important. They're You know, maybe on a low status with a job or whatever, and they could be the most spiritual person uh, in the vicinity, and so you can never turn away from that. Every every person can be our teacher. Every person can be the the you know the person that's going to be helping to to, uh, save mankind from whatever the problem may be, whether it's uh, you know a nuclear war or whether it's uh, whatever may be happening in the outer world. If uh, it may be just one person here, one person there, just one individual, that their prayers or their thoughts could uh, make the difference.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, you had a, a corporate career, which um, in and which I'm sure you enjoyed, and and did have I'm sure a lot of uh, outer status, and I'm assuming financial good from that. Tell us, how did you decide to move from that? Um, into ministry, and what's the balance? I mean, I know you don't discard that part of your life. That was a valuable part of your life. How do you see that in light of spirituality?
3: That part of my life was, was very helpful in moving forward to to a different life in the ministry. And I also had those distractions and uh, duties, uh, the things that I was involved with. But I think that actually helped prepare me for the ministry, uh, in public relations at 7-Eleven, uh, we were the largest corporate sponsor of the Jerry Lewis Telephone for Muscular Dystrophy, the biggest corporate sponsor of the March of Dimes campaign against birth defects. We were involved in the, in the Olympics in 1984, built the velodrome where they had the bicycle races. I was very fortunate that in, in the PR side of, of the company, that the management was extremely dedicated and committed to being a part of the community, and that meant uh, serving charities, that meant being a good corporate citizen. And I think that some of the things that I was involved in in those days gave me a perspective that told me I wanted to be in uh, a work that would help other people. And it was about that time that I first started uh, meditating for the first time it was uh, about then that I discovered unity and the unity principles. And it was also a time where I was coming to a point where the company was beginning to go in a different direction. And it seemed like a perfect moment. And again, I think in meditation back, and this was in the, in the 1980s, that I began to hear, become more open receptive, and I began to hear guidance that, it was time to go. It was time to move on to something else. Well, I wish I, I wish I could say that I was that smart that that it came for me. I don't think it did, and I think God had something else in mind, and and I listened and I made the step. So I took an early retirement when I was just fifty, and uh, this past twenty twenty six years has been a wonderful opportunity. To be involved in a lot of things that, in some ways, maybe had has a little bit of a relationship to some of the uh, good things that we did while I was uh, with Mm Seven Eleven.
0: Mm-hmm. You you talked to so in a way you as you said that what you were doing there really uh, gave you the opportunity to be of service um, in that corporate world. But then you know as as we know things in the outer change and it sounds like you were called to a deeper service. What have been the rewards for you of being in ministry? How has that brought you closer to God?
3: I remember when I did retire from the company, I thought to myself, and I think this was 1987, if nothing else good happens in my life, I've had a wonderful opportunity to be of service to others uh, through our corporate corporation. And I was thinking, if nothing else happens, this is I've had a good life. But I had no idea what was coming. And what was coming was the opportunity to offer maybe a spiritual perspective and to help people in an area where they, they might need help. And... Uh, Also in the recovery community, as you mentioned, that's been, I think, actually 25 years now. Mm -hmm. I think that that also uh, has given me an opportunity to serve. But so many things in ministry, and you know this. You know this yourself from all the experiences you've had. It can be one conversation. It can be putting your hand on someone's shoulder and, and comforting them in a time of loss. But that means so much, and in the scheme of things, no matter how much money you might make in in doing something else and how rewarding that can be, and it can be, and especially if if you're the kind of individual that doesn't mind helping when you do have the money to do some good things, but when you can reach out and and help someone on a person-to-person basis, when you can maybe stand up there on Sunday morning and and prepare a lesson and give a lesson that might be helpful to someone, then I think you really are are so blessed in in being an instrument of God's grace. And again, I think we all can be instruments of God's grace. You know, just a kind word, a, a comforting word, letting people know that they're appreciated. I think all of those things... To one individual or to a thousand individuals can be a gift that is uh, just far beyond any anything that you may realize from from any other endeavor.
0: Hmm. Hmm. So it's again that opportunity to be a channel of uh, blessing and to to be present with people. Sounds like. Well, that's it is, And, it.
3: You know, uh, when you when you say channeling, I know sometimes people say, "Well, you know, I don't know what that that's all about." But I know exactly what you mean, mm-hmm. because that's really what you are. You're you're the instrument, and uh, you. We talked earlier about uh, what is who is God and how do, how does God uh, manifest in our lives. I believe that God is the three and one God. God is God, the transcendent God. God is uh, the Christ Spirit within us, the Son, and God is the Holy Spirit that does the work uh, through us. And so God is there to help us do all these things if we'll allow God to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. You, so it's like that. It's it is that you know again, it's sort of a paradoxical relationship, I guess, uh, that we have uh, as humans with that God nature. And uh, when we come back, it's time for a break, but when we come back, I want to talk about uh, how you see the ego. You brought that up a little earlier and it's related, I think, to what you were just talking about there uh, is the understanding of God. So listeners stay with us. When we come back, we're going to talk about the ego. Hmm. And my guest is Alan Lyles, the author of the wonderful book, Sitting with God, Meditating for God's Divine Guidance, A Year of Spiritual Growth. And we're talking about Deeply Fed, Opening to the Presence. We'll be right back.
1: If you are a Gen Xer, Boomer, Boomer, elder or a younger person and you want to know more about and be better prepared to navigate the world you are living in and the world that lies ahead then do not go quietly is a wonderful book for you if you know that when you turn away from what you love and are passionate about you limit yourself from achieving the very thing you came to this earth to accomplish living the life you were born to live then this book will resonate with you so no matter how old or young you are If you want to use the time you have remaining, whether years or decades, to sing the notes that only you can sing in the great song, pick up your copy of Do Not Go Quietly and start making an even more joyful noise in celebration of your life. Do Not Go Quietly, an award-winning, inspiring Hay House book. Available at Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, and your favorite bookstore.
4: What is the key to happiness? Would you like to find the fountain of youth? How about all the money and love that you could handle? Well, my friends, it is there for you. You just need to strip off the false beliefs that keep your divine inheritance from being attracted into your life. You need to be real. Be vulnerable. Be naked. What are you waiting for? Let's get naked. This transformational program with Reverend Heidi Allfree is an invitation to explore and remove the blocks that keep you from emotional freedom. Listen to Heidi and her revealing guests as they embrace the power of spiritual nakedness as a guaranteed way to live an authentic and transparent life expose yourself to your greatness on mondays at 3 p.m central time let's get naked no dress code required only on unity online radio the voice of an awakening world
0: you gotta get rid of your butt it's bigger
4: than it would appear it hinders your forward movement when you keep bringing up the
2: listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with your host Reverend Anna Schau's PhD. And now, here's Anna.
0: Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. If you're just joining us, our topic today is deeply fed, opening to the presence. And my guest is Alan Lyles. Alan is a unity minister. He's a person that's uh, been in recovery. Uh, For over 25 years, practicing a 12-step program for family members, he has served Unity Ministries in Minnesota and Arizona. He's been the Senior Director of Outreach, Books, and Multimedia for Unity School of Christianity. And he was, before his ministerial career, the Vice President of Public Relations for the 7-Eleven stores. Alan is also the author of the pamphlet, Unity and the 12 Steps, and the CD, Road Rage. And he has a new book uh, that came out in the fall that uh, we we're talking about called Sitting with God, Meditating for God's Divine Guidance. That book's available on Amazon. It's available through Westbowpress.com. You can find Alan Lyles, L-I-L-E-S, on Facebook, and you can also find him on Twitter, and you can uh, get his tweets Every morning, He tweets um, from the page in the book every morning, so you can be a part of that if you want to. So, um, Alan, before the break, we were talking a bit about, you were un- explaining your understanding of that uh, triune nature of God and so forth. And uh, earlier you had talked about the ego, and so I, I said I'm going to ask you, how, how does the ego work with God? And as I think you said earlier, the ego can really distract us. How do you see the ego, and how does it play a part in our lives and in our world?
3: In my opinion, the ego is not all bad. I think we we each one need to have some degree of ego to be able to succeed in whatever we're, we're doing. The problem becomes when the ego becomes the focus of everything. What, In other words, what does this mean to me? Am I becoming... Uh, more glorified by whatever's happening in my life. Because the secret, in my opinion, to the spiritual life is, and we find this throughout the 12 steps, is humility. And the ego and uh, being humble don't exactly coexist that well together. So being willing to uh, lower the ego in the scheme of things, let the ego uh, fall or decline, and allowing the inner voice and the spirituality that's within every one of us to become stronger is, I think, the the secret to making progress on the spiritual path. But I don't think the ego's all bad. I think we do need some part of that to help us succeed, but when it becomes the driving force in our lives and we just don't, uh, see how the inner life is going to contribute to our material good or to our happiness, that we begin uh, slip-sliding away. So I uh, wouldn't throw the ego away totally, but it, do- it does need to have its proper place in the in the scheme of things. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: That makes sense. And and that, again, as you said, it sounds like that prayer and meditation are certainly one important way to... Uh, to deal with the ego and to allow ourselves to be guided by spirit?
3: I believe that spirit provides uh, clarity. It provides awareness. It uh, gives us a perspective on things that maybe we don't get when we're running here and there to uh, get our egos stoked a little bit. So if we will look at it as that the inner life, is the true balance and the uh, uh, really the part of our lives that in the long run is the most uh, important then i think in in eventually the outer life is going to manifest that if you're more aware if you're more centered if you're able to stay calm in a crisis that's definitely going to have a impact on your your material life outside of, of the inner so I think as as we're able to to meditate and to allow God to come into our lives uh, on a on a firm basis, I think it's going to make a tremendous difference uh, in our outer lives.
0: Mm-hmm. One concept that does come up from time to time in your book, Sitting with God, is the concept of evil. How do you understand evil in its relationship to our spiritual life?
3: Well, I think for unity, even, there's, there are questions about evil, and I'll just give you my opinion, again, for whatever it's worth. And that is that I do believe evil exists. I do believe there are people who have lost perspective, their spiritual perspective on who they are, and they make free will decisions that have to be regarded, in my opinion, as evil. Uh, but I do think evil has got to have a host. Evil has got to have someone or something that is available to it uh, so that it can do its its particular bad business. And so, yes, I do believe that, that God gave us free will and that some people have used that free will in ways that are certainly not to everyone's benefit. So... In, in regard to just saying does evil exist? Yes, it does.
0: hmm And how would you define it? I mean, what... Like a separate power, or... What, how would you it? Well, we don't...
3: I think in Unity particular, particularly uh, agree that there are two powers. We do believe in the one power and the one presence in the universe, and that's God. And, mm-hmm. and I firmly ascribe to that, too. But I think that there is a uh, the free will that God gives us allows uh, some people to take actions to do things that certainly give the appearance of two powers. Mm-hmm. But when you remove it, when you remove the host, the individual, the person who is uh, uh, allowing the evil actions to to be their choice, when that is taken away, I think each person has a the possibility of attaining their own spiritual destiny. I think, in a way, that's what recovery is all about. I think that if we uh, allow ourselves to become more humble and more willing to uh, take God's direction in our lives, gradually that, uh, quote, evil, unquote, is going to decline. Uh, I think we all have the potential for uh, to be to realize salvation when we're ready to do that. And um, I think that there's no one that I can think of, there may be someone in the history of the world, I'm sure probably there are, and we can name a couple, that never, ever would have looked to a higher power for guidance and direction But I don't think just because someone has made a mistake in their life uh, where maybe they've done something that could be considered uh, again, quote, evil, unquote, that that person is lost forever. I I think we all have the possibility for redemption. Uh, I do think that that that's something that that God is always open to. God's always looking for the lost sheep and God wants to bring that sheep back into the fold and when the sheep is ready to come, God's ready to receive them. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: There's a lot of prodigal sons and a lot of prodigal daughters out there. And we all have, have done things that maybe wish we hadn't have done. But God's always there to forgive us. And that, that sounds like a sermon almost, so I'll think about that someday.
0: Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's like that, that idea that it's, the choice, It's always the choice of, am I going to open up to the presence of God and uh, let that in a, l- a little bit? Again, it's not about, as you said, it's not about being perfect or never making mistakes, for goodness sake. But it's about uh, letting go of, of anything in us that would just persistently shut God out. God doesn't shut us out. I do out.
3: believe, and I do believe that if, if through meditation, if that's the way you do it, when you align yourself with the power and the presence of the Christ within you, that committing any kind of an evil act or or doing something that would injure or harm someone else is unthinkable. It's just Mm -hmm. not something that's going to occur to you. The problem becomes when we are not in alignment with God, that we become more open to doing things that that could create problems. But whenever we want to align ourselves and become one with God, God's ready. And one thing I would say about all these meditations that I've done now for the last two or three years every day is that I truly believe that God wants to be involved in our lives. And that's everybody, not just a minister, not just a, you know, someone that's, that's doing good things per se. God wants to be involved with us wherever we are. God will meet us there.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, that's profoundly comforting, and I'm thinking about when people are going through those difficult times, as you said, what's propelled you to write this book in the first place and to do the meditations. That's so important to know, isn't it? Um, Go ahead.
3: Yes, I think think it is because we all have challenges. I can remember one time, I guess 30 years ago, maybe I was 45 at the time, And I thought to myself, gosh, I've had a great life. I've never really had any problems. I really thought that. Mm -hmm. And then in just a few years, there were all kinds of things that I had to face. And believe me, this last couple of years, and with my dear wife, she and I will celebrate 20 years of marriage this year, when I thought that I was going to lose her and that I was going to lose this love of my life, I can't tell you how I went to my knees and asked for God's help. Well, it can happen to all of us. We may be perfectly fine today, and tomorrow something can come out of left field that'll just leave us leave us reeling. So, but whatever it is, God is always there to give us a hand and to help and comfort us and get us through it.
0: Mm-hmm. That's just uh, that's such a. Uh... A comforting statement, and I know that certainly is one of the things that I get from reading your book, is that deep sense of the personal comfort and God's personal uh, presence with us and that proactive sense that God, um, however we understand God or a higher power, absolutely is there for us, proactively reaching out. It's really, important. God is the
3: greatest resource in the universe, and whatever help we may need, God can provide uh, that resource, so I, I do look to God as is the greatest source in my life for whatever I may need, and it's the first place I go when things get a little tough.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's really it, isn't it? Is is uh, pray first instead of last? That's <laughs> that's important.
3: Well, yeah. it's not that easy. Sometime, and and I certainly have been there that something can happen. And maybe our old past conditioning, well, well, we've got to do something about that. We've got to take control of that situation. We've got to be responsible for that. I think that comes to all of us. And then when we realize, hey, wait a minute, I don't have to do this alone. I don't have to do this by myself. I have I have another uh, resource that I can turn to. Being alone or feeling alone in a time of crisis is one of the scariest things you can ever face. And so knowing that you have someone there beside you and in you that can uh, give you whatever you may need at the time, uh, gives. at least it gives me such a feeling of uh, calmness and a feeling of gratitude. I really feel so grateful that uh, meditation has come into my life really the way it has now. I can't imagine life without it.
0: Alan, thank you so much. Our time is up. I just appreciate your book so much and your presence being uh, my guest again here on Spirit of Recovery. Uh, We've been talking about Deeply Fed, opening to the presence of God with my guest, Alan Lyles, in his book, Sitting with God and Meditating for God's Guidance. Thank you for being my guest today, Alan.
3: Well, thank you, Anna. My pleasure.
0: Thank you all for listening, and we'll be back next week with Spirit of Recovery. Join us.
4: Repeat the words, God is taking care of it, and it will become clear that you are the channel and that God
3: is the doer of good works through you.
2: This meditative moment, adapted from Mary Kupferle's God Will See You Through, is brought to you by Unity.
1: Saying to yourself, I'm going to focus on me starting Monday, or right after the holidays, or on my next birthday. Well, we are here to say, don't wait another moment. Your health is the most important gift you have for yourself and those you love. Start now to become a more vibrant, healthy human being. Take that critical first step and join us every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Central on Awaken to Your Best Health. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
0: I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts.